How many more Mystique references can I put in here, I wonder? Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to house party protocol. Power up suits and welcome in to another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will and with me today is one of my good friends from our local community here. It's the one and only Sandbox, or as I know him, Sean. What's happening, my man? What's going on, Will? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing well, doing well. I was able to come out and get some games in on our local game night last night, which is unusual for me because I have such a crazy work schedule. I usually work Tuesday nights, but due to some nice schedule changes, I was able to come out and roll some dice and have some fun, and I was able to get two games in, which was just wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. I was able to catch that second game you played with your uh, list you've been mentioning a few times on this show. (laughs) Yeah, so I started the night, I was like, I really don't know what I want to play, let's do something different. And as I've said a couple times, I've been toying with the idea of a list that's nothing but long movers and then a list that is nothing but stealth characters and kind of leaning into that. And I did the all stealth character list last night. So it's 10 characters, all stealth, only one possible affiliation, and that is Sin Cabal, which actually... I didn't mind being affiliated there because it gave me access to like Dark Rain, which I thought was nice. But I'm more interested in playing it kind of unaffiliated because I don't think Sin's leadership is particularly great. But that's a discussion for another time. But it was it was interesting. Like let's just I'll just say it was interesting because it's an exercise in frustration for the opponent because they're like, oh yeah, I can get to this midline and shoot you. No, you can't. No, you can't. You can't, <laughs> you can't see me. I'm hiding. <laughs> oh no, absolutely. I noticed that. I know uh one of our other local stat that you were playing against, he it kept slipping him up real hard and he was like, "Oh, I kind of want to move back here." Oh, wait. No, if I do that, I have to like move up attack again so he couldn't. Mm-hmm. That too too good. That was hilarious. Yeah, it was pretty funny and uh just in case you're wondering out there suits, I ran uh, two games last night at 17 and I ran the same list for both of them. It was Sin Cassandra Nova, Mysterio, um, and Mystique. That's five, that's seventeen, right? Yeah, five characters. So Believe that's correct. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I ran that and I went into Black Order, and it was a little bit of a different Black Order. It was one of our, uh, uh, I guess he's a he's newer, kind of getting trying to get deeper into MCP at this point. Like a really good gamer, just a good player. But he's just trying to kind of get get his head around uh, MCP at this point, and his name's Austin. Super nice guy. He's playing Black Order, and he ran a little bit of a different Black Order list than I was expecting. And one of the things we're going to talk about on today's show is kind of his list in general, because I think it's an interesting place to start when we talk about looking at how to build lists and stuff and some of these new rule changes. But we're also going to talk about roster building in general, and then with a focus on the crisis selection because I think that that's one of the most interesting things with our new kind of rule changes and those two games I played tonight aside like I've had a few opportunities to get in with these new crisis selection things and I think that there's some real interesting nuance here that you can try to think about when you're putting your roster together but real quick on that last note about the the black order he ran Maw, Thanos with Space and Mind, and Black Dwarf into my five-wide list on Terrigen Mist and, uh, what was our extract? It was 17. Uh, Spider Infected, that's right. And yeah. it, uh, I, I ended up winning 19 to 14 on points, but it was really a lot closer than that but I was able to have a huge lead after the first round because of a little bit of the control elements I had on my team, like with deception and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, just 
It was a really fun game. And the one with that, also very fun. We played Cube Fragments and Infinity Formula, so everybody had power for days, except my dumb self forgot to put a cube on Cassandra Nova, who really wants a cube, so... <laughs> <laughs> no, indeed. Um, also... I think you had maybe had a slip up or two. Maybe it was a Mysterio, if that, if I recall correctly. Yeah. About some uh, blanks. Yeah, yeah. I may or may not have forgotten that Mysterio continually gains power when rolling blanks. So, you know, it's one of those things. We were just playing for fun, having fun. But that's why you play the games and and try to learn your characters a little more, so that you make those things, uh, those mistakes in casual games. And there you go. You know. Right. He he's also like Mysterio is a very wordy character there's a lot of little things that you can miss um some people forget sometimes that his mystic goes against collisions or like or dodges rather um and that's a huge thing um but like it's a lot to his card and a few other characters out there as well absolutely and and that was just yeah him and then cassandra nova too like cassandra nova is a character i've played a good bit of just because I, i like what she does it's just she needs some help a little bit, but that is what it is. But it's another character that's like, man, you've got to kind of put all the pieces together to make it work right, I guess. And I forgot about another character, probably the most forgettable character that I've played with lately that I added. So I said said what I played earlier, but let me go over it again here. So it was Sin, Mystique, Mysterio, Viper, and Cassandra Nova. I don't know what I said before. But it was Viper. And, oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. Whew. A little bit of a disappointment there. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, Viper, in your list, did, uh, she had an opportunity to do some work and just, like, crap the bed. Yeah. I, I mean, noticed. ultimately, I had a pretty cool situation set up. And uh, I, I hope you suits out there don't mind listening to this because I think it's fun and fun to talk about. So I had a cool situation set up. Viper was. On her healthy side, only had like three damage on her, had an opportunity to do a Viper Strike, which is her spender, and after that attack is resolved, she has to place within one of the target, and then other cool things, the target gets like, I think a slow and a stun, which is, that's a nice attack, but the placement effect is kind of like, oof, you know, because she's pretty squishy character, so having to place, but... She was going into Domino, who had one health left, and then was going to place within one to contest an objective and still have another action left to attack Storm and, you know, maybe get lucky, right? Well, you know, dice are going to dice, and of course, I rolled poo-poo dice. That's what I'm calling them now. They're poo-poo dice. Yeah, I think I remember. Was it like, what, one or two hits and uh, that was it? It was one hit, four blanks, and a skull. Oh, big oof. Yeah, and it's you know it's okay, right? Like, that's just that's part of the game, but it was like, I just needed one damage on Domino, just one. And, like, I know Domino is, like, really good. I know this, but I also know that she's one of those, like, you need to go into if you're going to try to get rid of her before she gets going – and and just try to do it right and right yeah so so that happened and then i was like okay well i've i've flubbed this all up so now let me just try to kill domino with my with my poison blade or whatever it's called and yeah still one damage domino survived or one hit and then domino blocks it survived yeah, man i had a very similar situation last night too i got to play one game and i've been piloting midnight suns recently um with blade and i did his spender and that did same same situation seven dice literally one success and it forced me to actually uh prematurely play siege of darkness to ko my my opponent's ghost spider um i did not want i wanted to save it for the next round um, yeah. because I, I had moon knight dazed um and it just wasn't getting much value out of it but i needed her gone so i could for sure flip um i believe in the spider portals so yeah i know how that goes i know how that goes completely and i think it's one of those things like a card like seeds of darkness feels so powerful that you don't ever want to use it when when you when it doesn't feel like you're going to get maximum value out of it you know 
Oh, for sure. And like I knew in my heart of hearts that was the moment that I needed to play it because I needed her gone. And even though it was kind of a feels bad just because it's like I'm not really getting – I'm like I already have one character that's not in range. I have another character that's days. Like I'm only activating two characters off of it. I just like – in the grand scheme of things and seeing those plays, like that was the opportune time to play it, yeah. even though it was kind of like a eh moment. Yeah. I feel you. And uh, Suits hasn't made an appearance in a while, but the cat is back to catting. If you hear some scratching in the background, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's it's been a while since the cat's done the cat thing, so here we go. Anyways, so yeah, like it's, and this I think brings up a, a really interesting point when it comes to like you know roster building and stuff like that especially as it relates to certain affiliations so you've got a card like siege of darkness for midnight suns or wakanda forever for the wakandans and those two specifically but there's also a lot of other like affiliated cards that when you're building your roster i think it's really interesting to build with those cards in mind because when you're playing siege of darkness you don't want to have three Midnight Suns characters and then, you know, a bunch of out-of-affiliation people that aren't going to be able to use that card. Like, you want to try to be as affiliated as possible to get maximum value out of that card, I think. Same thing with Wakanda Forever. Same thing with something like First Class with X-Men. You know, that's one where if Quicksilver was affiliated, he'd be unstoppable. Right, absolutely. I mean, Avengers Assemble honestly falls under that line too. Absolutely, like you want to get those moves with as many characters as possible. Um, yeah, one hundred percent. So, yeah, I think it's just all—it's all really interesting. And you know, I can poo-poo Viper all day long, but I will say she did end up winning me the game against Black Order. She was able to grab a couple of, or she was able to grab a Spider Infected, just one because you can only have one. And then run into a corner where she couldn't be gotten once I had 15 points and he couldn't get enough points to catch up. So I ended up you know, scoring, like I said, up to 19. But yay, Viper, doing work. It's her job, yeah. I guess. Anyways, anyways, Sean, let's get into our main topic today. And that is roster building. And for you, where is the place you like to start when you think about building a new roster so for me it's probably where the majority of mcp players fly which is like your affiliation like i have characters you know in the marvel universe i love um usually i'm will go that route or if i'm just wanting to try something new um where i usually play more attrition style lists in my personal play um every now and then i got on a whim a few months back i started playing like cs which they're not per se attrition they're just more just kind of controlly sitting on objectives and just being really tanky um but i usually just go for that like i have a huge love for magneto so when i started the game x-men and brotherhood were just announced so i immediately was hand over fist playing brotherhood and played them probably like my first close to 20 games of uh crisis crisis protocol when they came out i just jammed brotherhood so making lists obviously just with roster um making uh affiliation if i'm going single or double mm-hmm. anything like that and just trying to make a game plan around that then from there i look at crises and then i usually end on team tactics cards okay yeah that's interesting so for me it's pretty much the same as you in that I like to do one of two things. Either say I want to build around a character and and get their kit working and see kind of what's going to go with that and then figure out affiliations along the way there and say like for instance um, Omega Red's a character that I really like and I know that he is Cabal Criminal Syndicate. So as I build up around Omega Red and getting his stuff to, to function I can say oh well he'd do really great with the criminal syndicate so i'm going to try to build around using criminal syndicate or so I, I like doing that and then i also enjoy the um let me pick an affiliation and try to just throw it together here situation and then lastly like i do have that other little like let's just be as janky as possible and see what happens and <laughs> it turns out it's okay at least in this one instance you know 
And you and I have actually kind of different styles of playing okay. Crisis Protocol in general. Like you said that you're mostly attrition-focused, maybe some kind of outlast focus like you did with the Criminal Syndicate. But for me, I'm a little bit more control-focused, a little more pillow-fisted attacky, if you will. <laughs> At least, hey, you know. you are a Web Warriors player after all. Exactly. But that's the thing about Web Warriors. They can surprise you with their dice, let me tell you. Just ask our friend Shane. Not that you know <laughs> who I'm talking about, but he found out during our tournament just how powerful Amazing Spider-Man could be. I was just about to say, yeah, your ASM in that game definitely put in some work. Yeah. But anyways, so... You know, it's one of those things where I think it's just interesting how Crisis Protocol allows you to have such varying play styles. And, and you know, we play each other quite a bit. And those two styles definitely kind of counteract, but also really get into the weaknesses of each one kind of in a really nice way. And I think that that's something you can also use when you're looking at building your roster is saying, all right, what kind of game do I want to play here? Do I want to play one where I'm rolling dice all the time? Or do I want to play one where I'm going to be moving around a lot, hypermobile, and then displacement effects? And there's still other things you can go within that blanket of what kind of game you want to play, but those are the two I'm most familiar with. So that's why I bring them up specifically. But there's also other options like you can say not so much hypermobile, but just massive amounts of activation. Sam Spam, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Right. You can also do something where you say, like, okay, I'm going to get maximum value out of my strong activations by playing something a little bit a little bit taller, which, you know, is an option as well. And you can think about those kind of things when you're putting your roster together. But like I said, for me it's it's a style thing of fast mobile movement and control elements again web warriors right people so yeah so with that sean when you're building your roster and you're deciding on what you want to play there i want to say focus on the the crisis selection aspect of it and i think that it's kind of hard to do that without talking about a roster specifically so i've got one here that our friend austin sent us about his Black Order roster. And I'd like to discuss his roster and kind of he and I had talked about some stuff last night and see what you think here. So here's Austin's roster. And I will go ahead and say he got this from Sam, a.k.a. Finger Guns, who is a very good Black Order player. I would definitely say he is well-round in the Black Order area. Absolutely. So he's a very good Black Order player, and he kind of just got this roster directly from him. So I want to go ahead and say I do not think that I am better at Black Order or know what I'm doing with Black Order better than Finger Guns does. But I do think that there is some places in this roster that we can look at as ways that you can kind of optimize and stuff like that. So this Thanos roster is, well, Black Order roster is... Thanos, Mind and Space, Corvus Reality, Proxima Midnight, Bullseye, Okoye, Ebony Maw, Black Dwarf, Magneto, Zemo, and Loki. With a caveat that when Dr. Voodoo is officially released, Loki gets replaced for Dr. Voodoo. Team Tactics cards are Bitter Rivals, Mothership, Med Pack, Advanced R&D, Price of Failure, Blood to Spare, Sacrifice, disarm, (laughs) and execute. And then crisis selections are portals, demons, Terrigen mists, and then hammers, spider infected, and cubes. So let's start with the crisis selection here. And This is where I was talking to Austin last night. With the new crisis choosing rules, you only get to to pick a random one out of your your ones you bring, right? So you have to very much consider that 
when you're building your roster of how you want to control the game. Is that how you would look at it, Sean? That's absolutely, especially with a list like Black Order. Um, you want to, they're obviously attrition based, but they are, they have control aspects about them. So you want to usually slow the game down and you only usually want to play particular setups, um, for, with a roster like that. Yeah. And I also think that controlling a threat value is also something that you want to try to have where, when it comes time for your opponent, let's say you lose priority as the Black Order player, which is actually probably what you would rather do, so that way you can choose the threat value, because most likely, not always guaranteed, but most likely you're going to have an opportunity to have priority for the rest of the game, so losing that priority on that first round could actually end up being beneficial, and in our game that we played yesterday, Austin pulled his 20 threat card Terrigen Mist, I pulled the 17 threat card of Spider Infected I lost priority and he was like oh come on let's play 20, I'm like ah, I don't think so, <laughs> so fair enough yeah fair enough right but um, anyways so you, you said it exactly right like when you're playing something that is black order or attrition focused and that is very specifically trying to kill the other team while also trying to gain the points slowly over time to where you can eventually snowball on points once they don't have enough activations to compete. Attrition focus does not mean tabling your opponent, in my opinion. Right. You, would you agree with that, Sean? Absolutely. You kind of beat them into a submission, if you will. You're not, your main goal should not be like, well, I have to wipe them. Yeah, and I've seen it happen a couple times, but it's really hard to full-on table someone in this game and so when you're playing an attrition focused style it's just the idea of controlling the flow of points the where you can go up at a strategic moment and so when we look at his secure crises here he's got the um i think i said uh, black order portals it's actually spider portals so the inheritor portals in the d shape he had the Demons Downtown, and he had Terrigen Mists. And, Sean, how do you feel about those secure crises here? So, the first one that really kind of screams out to me, and I've, I play Tess with Austin as well, is actually uh, Terrigen Clouds. Um, yeah. That one, to me, the way it's set up in the past, it wasn't bad because as the priority person you also got to pick the threat level. So you could slam that down and pick 20 and feel okay about it. But now, if you slam that down, uh, you're probably not getting 20 threat if you have priority. Um, yeah. And at a lower threat, you're spread so thin with Black Order, it's hard to be on each side of those Cs because since there's no middle objective, it's just the two corners or the two sides, it a lot more difficult now in my opinion and maybe like once convocation drops which hopefully is this friday fingers hey, crossed um i think uh maybe more of a setup of that stature with it was it intruders or intrusions yeah i think it's what it's called um something like that would be a little bit more beneficial over something like Terrigen Clouds in this list yeah so Terrigen Mist for those of you that might not be very familiar with it because i know it's one that I don't see played a ton, but basically you have just the two corner Cs, so the two edge C deployment crisis thing, and then it is stand next to it to secure it. You score two victory points if you're securing it, and then it moves during the cleanup phase, does a damage, and gives someone the poison condition when it moves. Right. Uh, something to add to it only moves if someone has control over it. Exactly. I don't. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a really interesting crisis, and I, I really like it a lot actually. But I hate that threat value sometimes, so I don't play it very often. I, I prefer Mayor Fisk because controlling that lower threat is a little more interesting to me, and I think that it's one of those crises that plays really well into the teams that in terms of my play style, I don't want to match up into. So, like a criminal syndicate. So, you know, 
Anyways, but that's neither here nor there. So you say Terrigen Mist stands out as one for you, and I would agree with that. Like We were talking about it after the game, and the problem with Terrigen Mist is there's almost no way to stop your opponent from at least scoring one of them if you're playing Black Order. Like, okay, fine, you you maybe take someone, like, let's, like, because you, you're not trying to spread out when you're playing Black Order, right? Like, so in that game last night, he had Thanos and Maw kind of focused on one side, and then he had Black Dwarf kind of somewhat trying to go to the other side, and it just kind of, he was never able to just kind of get there to, to get all around the objectives except for on one round, and by then it was too late. And so... I think that that's a problem overall with, again, if you're playing on those taller style lists, the fewer activation lists, you know, he had three activations to my five, right? So right. you have to think about that kind of stuff. Again, if you're playing in a competitive thing, I'd say more so than casually do whatever you want. But um, if you're if you're playing in that competitive style... You've got to think about how you're going to get maximum utility out of those few activations. And so my suggestion for him to replace this crisis was to play Gamma. And I got some pushback on that, Sean. What do you think of that? So Gamma, I know, used to be a pretty popular pick at one point in time for Black Order. Um, It's, uh, from my understanding, has lost a little bit of favor just because of that 15 threat level. Yeah. Um, but for the setup of Gamma, it's great. Um, just that, those E shapes that straight on down the line, the Black Order loves that stuff. Um, yeah. And the more, the merrier. Uh, the only, but again, with it being now random selection, if you do get Pryo and you flip it, and your opponent goes, okay, great, we're playing 15, it does kind of put you a little on a back foot at times. Um, But, I mean, you can try something new. I mean, you can go uh, just a different mixed-up list. You can try something like Thanos if you bring him at 8 in his list. Um, You can actually try to rock um, Dwarf and then throw in a 3-threat, be it... Let's see, uh, Zemo in his list, or also if you just want to try single um, Proxima as just like a backline thrower, that's a potential too. Um, if you're wanting to say an affiliation, or obviously you can go out of affiliation too and just try to do something else as well. Right. But the threat level is a little bit of a holdback now just because it's at 15, and your core of the Thanos Corvus Proxima is now 16 threat instead of 17. Right. Um, with, with a threat drop. And you don't have that flexibility anymore. Um, it's a it's an option, but I don't think it's like an end-all, be-all option. But it's definitely a consideration, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and that's kind of where I'm with you, too. I think more for the shape aspect of it. And, you know, if you're playing against someone who is, you know, with it and understands kind of those aspects of the crisis selection, then, you know you might be in for a hard time, but here's something I proposed last night and I think it's super spicy. I think it's super spicy. And it's probably going to be like, it's it's the hottest of takes I've had in quite a while. But hear me out. Leaderless Black Order at 15 threat. And you run in Corvus, Proxima, Maw, and a 2 threat, or if you're trying to be extra beefy, you could go Corvus, Proxima, Black Dwarf, and a three threat, so someone like Zemo in there. I think that's really interesting. I I don't know if it's good, but I would want to play test that. But yeah, that does sound very interesting and definitely an avenue you can take. Right, and I think if you are playing on Gamma and you're playing like you know all all of this is this big umbrella of it depends understand that like what i'm saying here with all of this stuff there's so many factors that go into it but i think that we're at least helping someone kind of understand a way to see the game when we talk about this so what you have to think about if you're going to run something like that if you're trying to run gamma in this list and you're thinking okay maybe we can go leaderless black order and see what happens you're trying to control the middle areas of of the gammas right R- regardless of what the extracts are 
you're trying to hard focus on those middle points so that you can eventually score their back one, the middle one, and your own all in one rip. Boom, you've got six points in a round. And you do that through slow attrition, and you can have a character like Ebony Maw sitting on the front of your back gamma, just being a turret, blasting people with his black tongue. It's a super long tongue, let me tell you. And, uh, <laughs> you know, throwing stuff long, all that stuff. Like, I think he's really interesting there. And then you can bring certain tactics cards to accentuate if you're trying to have access to a play like this, bring a card like Climbing Gear. So that way you can kind of position yourself without having to spend an action to move so you can maximize your attacks. And right. so I just I think that that's something interesting there. It's something I'd like to play. I think it's one of those things that if you're trying to kind of work around these new threat values and you're not necessarily trying to go dual affiliation because that is an option here for this roster as well, then playing something a little different is going to catch your opponent off guard, but it's still going to play into what you want to do in that attrition style. I think it's interesting. I think so too. Um, you definitely have very good points and I would definitely want to play test a list like that. Um, some leaderless black order does sound very interesting. Yeah. And yeah, you, you lose a little something not having Thanos, but you know, just saying. So anyways, uh, so that's Terrigen Mist and kind of my suggestion there. And, we both agreed that the intrusions from the new, I think it's Ancient One pack, is a very interesting crisis here. Because it's basically demons, but in the C shape, so perpendicular to what Demons Downtown is, which he already has in his list. Which, if you're playing Black Order and you're not playing Demons, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> right. Absolutely. That's the one I know we have no qualms about. No qualms at all. But uh, intrusions is really nice, because you spend a power to teleport to another basically thing but you have to roll a die and if you fail the roll then your opponent gets to place you and so it could be very bad for you now the odds are in your favor overall but still if you fail that roll so it kind of gives you a really nice like risk reward element there which i really like and it's 19 threat as well so that's all the good times for black order and that's where i think something like, okay, so you put Gamma in there, that might not be what you necessarily want to do, but I think having all of your crises be of the higher threat as possible, as high a threat as possible, while also being beneficial setups, is kind of what you want to look at here. And so, like, Demons, Intrusions, both 19, and then you've got the, um, like, I think that's the highest threats that you're going to have of things that are beneficial to Black Order, right? Yeah, I can see that, too. Um, and the, now one thing about Intrusions, too, and kind of got hark back to something we mentioned or mentioned earlier with Terrigen, um, it's a C-shape, but this C-shape actually has all three points. Absolutely. The, re the reason why Terrigen is an issue is because it's just those sides, and you don't have that middle, so it causes that spread out, like we mentioned. Something with a C that actually has those three points it makes it very good for Black Order. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I think that when you're looking at what else is available, again, as it relates to this list here, when you're looking at what else is available, I don't think there's anything that screams Black Order wants to play this in the secures other than Gamma. What about you? Yeah, um, I can definitely see that. Um, looking over, so I've actually have here like our season five TTS winner, um, which he was actually running Riot Sparks um, as an option. That seventeen as a D shape. Interesting. Um, now, granted, I do think he had a particular game plan with his list at the time. Um, and then the other one that we had was Finger Guns, harking back to him with his Nashcon list in, that he made uh, top eight with, that he was running Terrors and Clouds, as we mentioned. But that was when you got to pick um, the threat level still. That's exactly. not with the new rules. So again, harking back, like I don't like it as much now because of the new rule change. Yeah, and that's that's where I'm at with it too. So. With that, I think that there's some exploration to be done with Black Order as it relates to their 
third crisis. You know, like for me, it's like I said, I think that gamma thing is spicy and hot and could be could be interesting. But you know, riots I think are interesting because I think it's a good crisis in general. The healing is always nice and all that stuff. I mean, shoot, if you're having to deal with Thanos sitting there healing, like no thanks. Uh, right. So I think that that could be interesting. It's just if you're playing that taller style where you've only got a couple activations, you. I know if, if I'm playing Web Warriors into you or Sand Spam or something like that, well, I'm going to shift the battlefield, you know, and hope that I have an extract that's beneficial to me. So, you know, and now let's pivot and talk about extracts for a second as it relates, again, to this list. And he's got hammers. Who doesn't love a hammer? Right. Like, it's not going anywhere. Let's <laughs> be real. Uh, Spider-infected and cube fragments, which as a Web Warriors player, I'm like, yes, please. Like, yeah, the cube fragments is the one that immediately stands out to me as a almost like a I'm not sure why this is here. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Um, now, you know what? I got it. I got it. You know why it's there? It's there because it does the damage to the people that pick it up. It's got to be it. That is that is very true. And that was something I've was kind of wondering yeah um i can definitely see that it helps with sure it, your opponent's most likely going to be outscoring you on the extract side of things and if you're looking just to hold down the secures let them pick up the majority of the extracts and they start ticking away it helps with that attrition plan a little bit more mm-hmm. but there are particular teams that just play the extract game so well that i don't know it's kind of a risk reward kind of thing that you're playing there I would think so too. And then for me with Spider Infected, I mean, I love it when I play Spider Infected into Black Order because they're only going to be able to pick up a couple of them probably. And then I can go get the rest of them. And now, hopefully, like I don't rely on it, but hopefully they're getting displaced into a very negative position for them. That's <laughs> yeah. usually what I like to see happen. Doesn't always work, but. So as, again, going into Black Order, we've talked a lot about Black Order today. I hope that's okay with everybody, but it's one of those things. It just worked out really good because last night I felt like it was a really good example of talking about a roster. Anyways, I digress. I think that Spider-Infected and Cube Fragments is not exactly what we want to do here with this Black Order roster overall. And again, like I said, I don't claim to be smarter than Finger Guns with this roster and he said he got this directly from finger guns but if i'm looking at it and i know finger guns at nashcon specifically played scrolls and alien ship which are two c-shape extracts that you have to roll a die and then on i think just a crit or roll two dice and on a crit you get to pick up the thing and then the rest of them go away and it's 20 threat and 17 threat alien ship scrolls and I've seen games, Sean, I don't know about you, I've seen games where six activations in, no one has found that damn thing yet. And it's just, everybody's just standing there in the middle, paying, flipping, getting frustrated and about to be murdered. The longest I've gone is like halfway through round three before oh someone finally got it. God. <laughs> yeah, it's been, I mean, only two dice, you need a crit. Like, the odds are not really in your favor. No, the odds are never in your favor in that one, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) So, So I bring those up here. Like, those are the two that I would one-for-one swap with his two extracts that he put in there because, again, Black Order. Like, okay, fine. If Toad goes up there and he finds that thing turn one, oh, well. You know what I mean? Like, that happens, right? But... right realistically you're gonna have access to whatever character you want as the black order player it's like okay they have to come up here and try to find this thing oh if they don't well i'm gonna move thanos or black dwarf or corvus or somebody who's tanky as hell up there and i'm gonna pay to flip it and now i have it and now you got to come to me or else i'm just scoring two points a turn for the rest of the game Yep. I think scrolls and alien ship, if you're looking to hyper focus on a list like Black Order, are very important extracts. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's they're they're both good threat values for the Black Order as well. Yep, absolutely. Now I, I'll throw a curveball a little bit to you. Um, hammers is a very neutral 
one, um, in my opinion. Um, what about, even though it's a little bit lower of a threat, um, what about Research Station? I'm here for it. Like, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yes. I mean, because think about it. Like, Thanos, Corvus, and Prox, they're 16, not 17 now. So exactly. even if that 16 threat gets picked, like, does your opponent really want to play, like, the blender of the OG3? No. Uh, frankly, no. So if you play Research Station, I think you're really at a, a, a good advantage. The only problem quote-unquote you have to deal with is the displacement from certain affiliations right and you're gonna right be out activated so if nothing else you are going to be in a position where your opponent could potentially just go and sit on the point like okay you've got corvus and proxima there but now my i bring three other people to sit there or i displace corvus or proxima and now I'm still sitting there with my number of people, and okay, fine, you're going to KO one of them, but then I'm going to get to activate before you get to KO another one. Potentially. Yeah, right? Like, Potentially, obviously, dice are going to do dice things, and it's you never know. But I do think that that's really strong and really interesting from a Black Order perspective, but I think Hammers being a neutral matchup and the the mental aspect of seeing a hammer on Corvus coming down the pipe is really good into your yeah. opponent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. But um, I would love to I, see that played. I would love to see Research Station played, and I would love to see it. I, I think one of the things, let me, Sean, let me ask you this real quick. When you're playtesting a roster and you're figuring out how a roster is supposed to work, do you identify negative matchups and try to say, I want to play into this negative matchup? You know, because I know kind of how it's going to work into just neutral plus positive matchups, but how does it work into a negative matchup? Do you try to seek out those kind of matchups when you're testing something? Absolutely. Actually, going into NashCon, I was playing Defenders at the time, and uh, I actually had a couple of our players like jam Black Order into me. Um, I just wanted to know. Whoa, jam and Black Order. I mean, you, you gave consent for that? I did. <laughs> Crazy enough. <laughs> uh, but I just want to know how how bad of a matchup it was and why and try to mitigate and have a game plan, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, going into that matchup. And it you it's hard. You can have someone tell you all day hey this is what you need to do this is what you need to do you can, we have there's plenty of material out there to find that information out yeah. or I mean, that's what we're doing right now. local scene exactly <laughs> um but to to be told and to actually know and feel it and witness it for yourself are two completely different things absolutely and that's why like on our last episode, Nate and I broke down the roster for Bielsa Bro and, and kind of gave him some pointers and stuff through there. And I personally really enjoyed doing that. I thought it was a really fun exercise, kind of like what we're doing here today. And I think it gives some insight into kind of how a ways to think about the games. But at the same time, nothing is ever going to go as smoothly as maybe we can sit here Monday, day, Monday night quarterbacking it. You know what I mean? So right. you definitely have to consider the different options as you're playing and get the games in and you've got to be able to be comfortable with what you're playing. And I don't mean just like, yeah, knowing what they do like I didn't with Mysterio last night, but just in general being comfortable with what's going to happen in a game. Like I've played into Black Order so many times at this point. Someone's going to get murdered. You just got to accept it. And yep. and the sooner you can accept that, the more fun you're going to have against them and the and the big badness of them is gonna gonna go away a little. And granted they're a lot different now than they were, but I think that they're they're in an interesting place here. They're not as like, oh as they once were. But I think it depends um personally on that. Uh just because a list like this is very interesting to me. Just because looking at it, he had he is all in on playing Black Order, where now post changes, and I've talked to Austin about this. Um, I actually think Black Order is now a splash affiliation. Um, hundred, I think I don't know if you really want to try to full throttle it if you're 
trying to be competitive, playing a pure black order list. I think you play some key pieces and you dual affiliation in your roster. Yeah, now that's an interesting interesting take right there. And I, he was talking about that last night. And I think that a Web Warriors mix and match here is kind of fun. And if you look at that, especially from our friend Aaron, who will be with us next week, Aaron and John will be with us next week to talk about Colossus. We were going to do that this week, but due to scheduling conflicts, we had to change that to next week. So, anyways, um, he runs Proxima and Corvus in his Web Warriors list. And it's not so much that he's going to ever splash Black Order, but being able to splash those characters into Web Warriors, and then now all of a sudden your Web Warriors are turned into a meat grinder, it's very interesting. Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, being able to turn that corner like that with just two characters in your list is a very good thing, in my opinion, having that flexibility. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, I think in terms of crisis selection, though, I'm going to bring it back to that with this list here. I, I think if I'm going to put new crises in there, I'm going to do Alien Ship Crashes Downtown and the Scrolls Infiltrate World Leadership. But I do think that it's worth trying to maybe take out hammers and put in Research Station and see how that feels. Because I do think that that's a really interesting crisis here. And again, that core of Thanos, Corvus, and Proxima is going to at least be mentally draining for the opponent. It's just, can you get those dice rolls to hit right? You know what I mean? Yes, at 100%. Yep. So I think that's interesting. But in general now, I want to talk about just kind of general crisis selection for different types of squads, just to kind of finish it all off here, more or less. And everyone talks about, like, D-shaped secures for Web Warriors, right? Like, oh yeah, D-shaped secures. And, like, I think what you want to think about is how you can maximize your character's activations, right? And Nate and I had a discussion about whether or not to put in a, like, pay-to-flip D-shaped secure, like Inheritor Portals, Spider Portals. And... I think yes. I think you, even though Web Warriors don't want to spend their power to do that, being able to grab one on one side and then let's say your opponent kind of pushes hard on another side, well, you can flip the battlefield and now go grab another one that they have a hard time getting back over to. And I think stuff like that is where you have to think about with some of these different crises and stuff is, is kind of what the battlefield is going to take shape like. And I've seen it enough times where it's kind of heavy on one side or the other and then you can kind of manipulate that to your advantage to get to where you want to be or you kind of just go straight down main street and just wreck each other we've had a game like that before <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely so you know but uh i think that when you're when you're selecting crises and stuff like that especially nowadays you want to control the shape more so than the threat value. Would you agree with that with our current selection process? Shape, yes. I, I will say they're both pretty close. Um, shape still plays a high importance, though. Um, threat value also up there, but I think depending on what you're doing, whether it be a attrition or control list, um, I think shape is just number one, in my opinion. Yeah, and let me ask you, do you think shape number one as it relates to secures or extracts is more important? Uh, again, also depending on what kind of stuff you're playing. Mm -hmm. um, when it becomes to like attrition, I think secures a little over extracts, but also depending on the control list, they're like, for instance, with uh, Web Warriors, it, in my eyes, they've always been more of like a good extract play with a little bit of uh, secure denial. Mm -hmm. um, whereas with like Wakanda, Wakanda is more of a secure control. Like they push people off and things like that. Um, so, and they usually splash out of affiliation for better extract plays like ASM or Angela. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting take on that. And I really agree with that because. It's one of those things where the more and more and more I've played so so many games this time at this point with my Web Warriors, the more I'm like, I actually think I like picking Extract over Secures, but I also take a look at what my opponent has, right? Mm -hmm. 
So like last night in one of our games, it was I won priority and the choice was research station and some other stuff as the extract. I don't even remember what it was. Research station, hammers, and something else. And I don't remember what, what all the things were, but I even I was like, I think the play here is to choose extract to avoid having to play research station and and I was running this all stealth list. And I think that something like that is is where you can look at your opponent's roster, look at your own roster and say, okay, what what is negative that they're going to bring and I don't want to see that. You know what I mean? Right, and on right. the flip side, you can you know look at what is negative for them that I want to try to bring. But I think controlling the negative matchups because it's so random now is more important. I even turned to you. I was like, "Hey, it's uh, it's extracts because you want to avoid research station in this situation, right?" One hundred percent is what I said too. <laughs> exactly, and and that's the thing. Like, you, you only know that through playing the games. Like, I only know because I I've played enough research station. It's one of my favorite crises to play. Crises. Crisis Yeah, Chrysusies. There you go. That's there you it go. now. Uh so anyways, it's it's one of my favorite ones to play. So I you know, I try to play it as much as possible because I like it. And that's fine, but I also realize that in a competitive situation it is a definite negative matchup for again, depending on what I bring. But in that situation it was. So anyways, long story short. I chose Extract, ended up with Spider Infected, which was perfectly fine for me. And then, you know, he chose the Secures, which was his Terrigen Mist. And in that situation there, like, anything other than Gamma, I'm happy with whatever Secure comes out. Because there's five Extracts on the board there. I'm avoiding the worst matchup possible for what I brought. And I think that's a win. And I think you can look at things like that as well when you're choosing your Crisis. Like, if you have Priority... Not necessarily saying, well, I'm playing Web Warriors, so I want to play D-Shapes, so I'm choosing Secures. Like, look at what your opponent has. Your opponent might have Extremis in there. And if they do, that's a 33% chance, roughly, that you're going to get Extremis. Yep. So... I, in my in my opinion, I think that is the moment as an MCP player that you know you're really getting the game. And you're like leveling up as a player is when you start to realize and see those nuances of like the crises, because when it comes to roster building and setting up your squad, I think that's one of the hardest things to kind of fully wrap your head around completely. And it takes usually the longest to develop in this game. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I hope that we're here at least maybe taking some of the mystique out of that a little bit. Absolutely. So maybe we're shape-shifting your mind to be <laughs> a better MCP player. Be wary of our deception, though. Hey. <laughs> How many more Mystique references can I put in here, I wonder? Ah, at least a few more, I think. I promise that we are not trying to uh, expertly sabotage you. That's a good one. I like that. There, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll slow clap on that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I am a martial artist after all. Actually, no. You're the martial artist around here. <laughs> I am. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. Uh, but back to um, some of these things. So, um, actually, I guess a good prime example would be what I've been playing, as I mentioned earlier, was Midnight Suns. Um, Midnight Suns, if no, and no one's really aware, definitely more attrition based than anything. Um, they are. They just they want to beat you down into that submission, if you will, and then like outscore you afterwards for the most part. Um, so they like a lot of straight down the middle uh, maps. Um, like they play like demons downtown. Mm -hmm. They'll but they can go a bit lower than Black Order. So they love some gamma. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And then for like kind of more going wide and because they have more speedy characters and um they can actually play a bit wider so they don't mind terrors and clouds oh yeah definitely and yeah. it's interesting that you bring that up because i think that that's definitely you know again when you're looking at it we've, we've focused a lot on kind of this one black order roster today and i think that's fine because i think it's interesting but you also have to look at it like okay terrigen mist 20 
and Midnight Suns, I mean, sure, they don't want to be poisoned because you don't want to mess with their power economy, but Blade has a superpower. He can get rid of any condition. He can do, he can do a shake action for one power. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, right? And then you've, and the higher the threat values go, the more Ghost Rider application you get, and that's always good. Yes, for sure. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, too, Ghost Rider, new Ghost Rider, is immune to poison, isn't he not? I believe that he is. Let me double check. But uh, I know he's immune to incinerate now, which is just, you know, really good. Yeah, I, I remember incinerate. I know he got Hex, um, but I do want to say he's also immune to um, poison now, too. He is immune to poison, so yeah. So, go harking back to that, yes, he's that play on theirs too. Um, I also, in my list, I've been playing New Hulk, um, oh, yeah. and if twenty gets picked on clouds, I mean, I'm bringing him. He loves some bump. Oh yeah, he loves to bump the bump. Indeed, and he will bump back. <laughs> yes, he will. Yes, what goes bump in the night? It's a Hulk. That's what. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So I'm I'm with you there, and and that's what I think we're overall talking about today. And again, we used kind of one specific example, but look at what you want to play, and and then say, okay, what is my team doing here? And and you brought up Midnight Suns as an example. You can look at the Midnight Suns, and you can say. Okay, they can avoid the stun condition really well. They want to play at the higher threat, so boom, Terrigen Mist goes in. What's another secure that they don't mind playing on? Oh, Demons, because now you've got Dr. Voodoo, who's immune to incinerate. You've got the Ghost Rider, who's immune to incinerate. And if the opponent goes after those objectives, now you can start wailing on them, and they have lower defenses. Right. So, you know, and then Blade, he can shake that incinerate. So, again, if you are trying to score those points, boom, you're having fun there. So, that's two out of your three right there that are what I would say plus matchups, not necessarily hard positives, but definitely plus matchups. Yeah, it gives you way more incentive to bring those negative crises like that. They have those negative effects. Um, even with like Gamma too, um, with your leadership, you know, you're, it's bump in the night, you move that one. So if you ever end up getting just out of reach of making Gamma, of picking up an extract or maybe get uh, getting pulled before activation and you end up having to do something else, you can potentially just bump right back into that range too of Gamma. Yeah. Exactly. Keep that in mind. Yeah, using that bump is uh, very key. And I think that overall, you know, Midnight Suns, there, there's there's a lot of ways to look at them. But like, let's look at another one real quick. Kind of, you know, if you're playing something like a Sam Spam or a, a Wide Guardians, I mean, B-shapes all day long because they're going to be spread out. Your opponent, if they're playing something like Brotherhood, Brotherhood's going to have a harder time on things that are all spread out because they have to, you know, send their Magneto somewhere and whatever place Magneto goes, you can go the other place. Correct. Yes. Uh, all those spam lists, things that go wide, love some bees. You can argue like play D's pretty fine. D's I think are a little D's bit good more too. neutral. Yeah. Um, but B's 100%. They love some B shapes. Absolutely. So just all of this again is, is to say, I hope that we've done a good job of trying to get you to think about different ways to select your crises. And for me, to boil it all down in the simplest forms, if I'm putting together my Web Warriors roster, let's just use that as an example, putting together my Web Warriors roster, every D-shape secure is in my list. And yeah, some of them aren't necessarily the most positive in terms of matchup-wise. Like, I don't want to necessarily pay to flip for the spider portals. But I'm okay with that because I know what that shape provides me in my mobility options, right? And so think about those kind of things. Like, I want to be able to control that shape. And then if my opponent wins priority and they don't choose secures, I know what kind of map I'm going to be playing on, right? So I I like that aspect of it. And then same thing. On the flip side of it, with extracts, again, if I am, again, building my Rogue Warriors roster, it's Spider-Infected, it's Cube Fragments, and then probably Hammers, probably. Because, you know, 
Amazing Spider-Man can get up, grab a hammer, and get back, and then he's really having a field day. <laughs> Indeed he is. So I I really like those possibilities, and I just, you know, there's 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 a lot that goes into it, but it's, you have to try to set up whatever kind of positive matchup you can for yourself at this point, because the random selection and the way threat values are chosen and the the way less oppressive I, oppressive might not be the right word but the way less oppressive turn one plays are kind of out the window now so there's a lot more freedom but you also want to make sure that you're setting yourself up for success when you're choosing your crises yes 100% you game plan it should be once you get the grasp of this game Forming a game plan should be like your number one priority. And then from there, learning to be flexible with that game plan. Oh, yeah. And look, test out, you know, if you have an opportunity. I know plenty of people out there don't get an opportunity to go out and test in these more competitive style lists and stuff like that. Look, that's all well and good. If you have any desire to be in a competitive style of play, then go out and test these things, you know, put the, the different rosters through their paces, you know, say, okay, when am I going to use this character? Okay. I think I'm going to use them in this situation. Well, manufacture that situation, say to your opponent that night, Hey, do you mind if we play this? I'm trying to test this out. If you have an opponent that is also trying to test out some competitive stuff, I know Sean, you and Austin sat there and literally talked out the optimal play for every single turn you took on a match not that long ago right and just this past sunday literally made like a four page report taking notes for it yeah yeah so that kind of thing you know you can do that you don't have to and look you can just do what i did like last night i wasn't testing anything competitive i was just throwing out some jank then having some fun and that's the beauty of mcp i had a freaking blast and I, th- I think my opponents had fun. They said they did, but, you know, they, they could have been using deception on me. I'm, hey. just, I'm doing it again. <laughs> Same joke, different time. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> anyways, so it's just one of those things, like, you're able to do so much with this game, but figuring out what you want to do with the game. And, you know, I know there's people out there, it's like, I have no desire to play Web Warriors. I only want to play Avengers. Awesome awesome that i think that's wonderful and i think that you're gonna have a great time and i think that avengers is one of the most versatile affiliations around so probably literally any crisis you're like okay i got this right between sam and steve you can do whatever you want to do world is your oyster it definitely is so i uh yeah in terms of crisis selection and, and all of that stuff if you're trying to get into that little slightly more competitive mindset to boil it all down I would say take a look at what your plus matchups are and where you want to go about controlling the game. And and I don't mean like necessarily you're not going to control the game, but controlling what you can control with the setup and stuff like that. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. So, uh, Sean, any, anything else about crisis selection specifically that we need to touch on today? Um, well, I think just everything we've mentioned between your control list, between your uh, attrition list, anything like that in, in between, um, make sure you're paying attention to not just yours, but also what your opponents are bringing. I think if there's anything we didn't slightly touch about is, but we've mentioned vaguely just through storytelling. Also, make sure you know what your opponent's bringing and what you want to avoid. Yeah, absolutely. And to piggyback on that, look at what your opponent's bringing. If they have two out of three D-shaped secures, I mean, you might want to take that chance. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, oh, I am, I'm going to pick extract here to avoid a specific extract because I know that, oh, well, I'm going to have a 60-something percent chance that you're going to pick a secure I like. Or on the flip side of that, oh, you've got the sa- two out of three extracts that I have. Sweet. I'm going to try that. Like, I mean... Why not pick secure there? Because you know your opponent's gonna gonna pick something that's probably gonna be a beneficial matchup as well. Worth checking out, 
I would say, what your opponent has. So, anyways, with that, Sean, I really appreciate you coming on here today. And Suits, I appreciate y'all listening. I hope that this was kind of a, a good discussion for everyone. Like, this was kind of a more free-form, less structured thing than what we normally do because it was something that I've been wanting to do for a while, like I've mentioned before, like kind of do a roster-building kind of series, right? And I think that starting with looking at what crises do is like a foundational place to start with such a thing. Now, granted, that's not where I start with my roster building, but I think that understanding kind of your thought process that goes into crisis selection is kind of a good way to start when you're talking about the broader overall roster building. And suits out there, if you guys like this, make sure to leave us a comment, leave us a like, Leave us messages on our Facebook page. You can send us emails at housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. If you didn't like this episode, feel free to comment that too. Look, it's okay. I, I don't take it personally. But uh, just let us know what kind of stuff you want us to talk about um, when we're not doing like character reviews and stuff. Because again, like I think this is a really interesting way to kind of kind of lean more into that competitive stuff a little bit. Look, that I know my lane and I'm going to stay in it, but maybe I'll go into the shoulder a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, I think you and I have a very similar I- idea of what we like to play. Exactly. And um, I'm just a little more on the competitive side than you are. But that being said, I love to play that casual style, too. Exactly. So, yeah. Like I said out there, let us know what you guys think of this. And if you're interested, you can come and check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol. It's a dollar a month so 12 bucks a year you get access to our discord channel and we have some super chill conversations over there uh, just talk about all kinds of things from what's going on in people's lives to crisis protocol to what movies people are seeing like it's it's all over the place and it's super great i i love it so much it's one of my favorite places on the internet which is wild when you talk about the internet <laughs> right <laughs> So, yeah, if you're interested in uh, supporting the show and supporting what we do here at House Party Protocol, check that out. Also, spoiler alert, I think, for some upcoming things, but I'm going to go ahead and talk about it anyways because it's not final, but I hope that this is something that people would like. I'm thinking oh. about doing some merch, oh. and I like I don't know how to feel about it, but I'm doing it because I think it's cool. And I'm going to have a couple of shirts and some, like, you know, like coffee cup kind of things, some stickers maybe. And it's going to have the, the phrase dice are going to dice with um, three crits on one side and then three skull failures on the other side. I dig. I dig. Yeah. So that's a, that's a little bit of merch. So be on the lookout for that. That should be coming out very soon. So, uh, you know, just something, something fun and silly I thought would be be cool so anyways suits thanks so much for listening i i seriously appreciate all of the suits out there i especially appreciate the patrons uh everyone out there is just i i it means so much to me that there's people out there that love this content so much because i love doing it i love talking about mcp i love interacting with the community in that way and i love just hearing from y'all and remember this is your show just as much as it's mine so for real any feedback that you guys want to give me i would really appreciate it but make sure you leave five stars that's the only that's the only thing you can you can blast me but just put five stars (laughs) okay that's that's, that's all i'm saying anyways party on sean party on will and power down suits suits